Welcome to another episode of Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations. Whether you've got here by accident or merely just hatched, welcome aboard. The only requirements, the only admission prices, the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. And as always, we offer an eclectic roster of guests, and we have an old friend of mine and our producer, Mike Sorg, uh, from our days at Seclair, uh, Sally Lipsky. Sally, welcome aboard. Well, thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure. So, uh, we were together at a wonderful uh, place called Seclair. It was a magical place of holistic wellness. And could you tell us a little bit about your involvement and how you got involved with Seclair? I got involved with Seclair because I was having lots of anxiety, panic and anxiety feelings. And this was happening, especially after a diagnosis of late stage ovarian cancer. And if anybody is familiar with ovarian cancer, it's often diagnosed at late stage because it's very difficult to diagnose this there's really it's called the silent killer because the symptoms are very subtle so mine had um already started to spread and like most people who have a cancer diagnosis it was a stunning it was shocking because i thought i was healthy um and the other thing about ovarian cancer is that it tends to be resistance to chemotherapy so once I had surgery, went through the chemotherapy, most of the oftentimes it will recur and oftentimes between in the first 24 months. So I was constantly in a state, I wouldn't say, I was in a state of anxiety, especially before lab tests, imaging, doctor's appointment, just waiting for that darn cancer to come back. So that pretty much sums up. And what did you find at Seclair that worked for you? Well, I just found a very open, loving, and nurturing environment there. It was truly that integrative approach the fact that Doc used a lot of the Buddha practice, which I now over the years have recognized and value even more, the group the, where we talked about and practiced mindfulness techniques, and the openness to alternative wellness, alternative avenues for feeling a sense of wellness. Who Sully is referring to is Dr. Safter Chaudhry, who was certainly one of my mentors. And after Dr. Chaudhry moved on to warmer climates. Uh, that's what we did, Sally. We transferred the idea of Seclair 
And I uh, started uh, Namaste Holistic Counseling, where we treat people holistically, meaning mind, body, and spirit, where we treat, we ask people to uh, treat themselves like they were a flower. So I'm going to ask you, Sally, what are three things that it takes a plant to be healthy and bloom? It takes nutrients. Yes. And this was huge when my journey, when, as I said, I thought I was a healthy woman who ate what was supposed to be eating lean animal dairy for to get the calcium. I was exercising. So, but I did not realize I was on, I thought, a healthy standard American diet. And it really wasn't until after cancer where I just happened, how things happenstance, to read a little bit about the relationship between food and disease. And it never occurred to me. And then I started reading more and, and researching and going to conferences. At that time, I was a professor of education. So I was used to just digging for information and researching. And it really opened my eyes to the power of what we eat on a day-to-day -day basis with protecting, fighting, and even reversing chronic diseases. So that was just, it was an eye-opener. It was huge. So what you're telling us is that SAD is an acronym for Standard American Diet? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Standard American Diet. Yes. So Heavy you... on the meats um, and dairy and low on the plant foods, which are legumes, beans, the grains, just a range of whole grains the range of fruits in the range of starchy and non-starchy vegetables, including nuts and seeds, that when you're eating a variety of plant foods, you're going to the source of all those vitamins and minerals. And what they're doing is there's sort of a synergy in your body that really work with the antioxidants. They work to boost your immune system. They work to really build up your defenses, which especially in time of COVID is so important. And there's lots of fiber, which 97% of Americans are of in, inadequate fiber intake. So Sally, let's back up just for a moment. You had the diagnosis, you went through the standard medical model, which yes. helped, helped, and you sought the uh, some treatment from a wonderful world-class psychiatrist who's really an anomaly among psychiatrists. Yes. And then, you know, when we talk about the holistic wellness, we talk about the water being taking care of your physical body, the sun being a spiritual connection with something, and then the soil, the nutrients, the people, places, and things that you surround yourself and put in your body that causes you wellness. So tell us what led you to say, gee, there has to be something else going on that could help me. It was, I do say, it was ha happenstance. Um, in the Pittsburgh paper, I read a review 
by a Dr. David Sherpin Schreiber who wrote Anti-Cancer New Way of Life. And he was a researcher at the University of Pittsburgh, originally from France. And he just happened because a subject didn't show his partner him were doing brain imaging and his part and a subject client did not show. So he said, oh, let me just do it. And his colleague said, oh my, noticed in the brain imaging that there was a brain tumor. He, he diagnosed with a brain tumor. And so he he read it's it's it was an article that tr- intrigued me about the can't this is a guy with, as we know, a brain tumor, a doctor, and this led him to a path of exploring how did this happen? Because he was very young, as I recall, like 31 or in his early 30s. So um he wrote this book. And that article was like, whoa, I've got to get this book. So I got the book and I still have it here. I keep it by my my side to recommend to people. And that is what said, open my eyes. And then some of those T. Colin Campbell, the China. Then I started to pull all of this material because you don't get, as a patient, you you most likely will not get that from your standard healthcare providers because physicians are really trained to deal with the disease. And in that case, excise the tumor. And they're not, don't have a nutrition background. But what you're doing is when you're eating this nutritional plant foods, you are changing the composition within you the environment, the inner environment, and are bringing forth so that it can heal. Especially during times like this and even before, I run into many of my own patients with chronic fatigue, disturbed sleep patterns, uh, intestinal issues, uh, lack of motivation, inflammation, arthritis. Could you say a little bit more about what your thoughts are on that. Yes, yes, it is. It is startling how much of the physical and mental attributes that we attribute to aging or to um, just are, it happens, are really lifestyle diseases. And 80, over 80% of our chronic illnesses, which consider obesity, type 2 diabetes, auto, the range of autoimmune diseases, um, lots of cancers, and other what are called diseases of affluence, because we are living in a, in a we have developed into a country where we have food readily available, processed, lots of processed foods, and we have made what used to be a little chicken breast, a little bit of beef or fish into the center of our plate. And the more I read it, I, whereas, as I mentioned earlier, T. Colin Campbell, when he did this China study, remarkable early work on how 
the relationship between animal protein and cancer cell growth. And he just, again, his research, he didn't originally, he was in China, but it was very interesting. And what was originally rural China society that was not meat centric had, I mean, breast cancer, some of these cancers that are so common are just unknown in some areas, still to this day in areas of the world. Um, so it was, he was, and then other researchers started to say, whoa, look more and more at that link between disease and foods. And to this day, the populations with the longest lifespans and with quality lifespans, there's a book called The Blue Zones, Yes. which you might have heard of, the areas, the communities that have these healthy late age lifespans tend to have primarily plant-based diets with meat or fish or something as celebrations. In other words, getting back to the peasant foods. So I love what you were talking about, diseases of affluence. Could you say more about that? If you, as you see over the decades in modern, sometimes you look at development, you look at what we think of as a society, we've made so many advances. But if you take a step back and look at those advances, it makes you think about how, how much of an advance is it? Our lifespans have actually decreasing here. And it used to be that we want the next generations to live longer and healthier. But we have gotten so much into very industrialized farming, um, factory farming. We give our cows, we take little calves and plump them up so that they are in the height of what's called puberty. And then we milk them and the hormone levels are very high. And then we ingest them as humans. Um, and I never knew till I started reading the link between, I just have to say it because I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer a month after a clean bill of health from my gynecologist. Ah. Yes. Yes. That's what's startling. Um, and there are decades of research showing that the high level of dairy, the protein in dairy, casein has an insulin-like growth factor, which helps to accelerate the growth of cancer. And especially very linked to hormonal types of cancers, such as breast cancer, ovarian, gynecological cancers, prostate cancer. Um, are you are you talking about I about the dairy? Uh, how much of this is influenced by the amount of hormones and antibiotics uh, that are introduced to uh, meat animals? Yeah, I I think. You know, I, I would have to go give you the, the source for that, certainly. But the use of antibiotics is huge. 
Yeah, the use of growth hormones are huge. The use of pesticides are huge. We have um, taken away from the localized farming in this mass distribution. But there are ways that you can do this. I have to say, when people say, you know, what's this plant-based eating? Um, I have to say that as an educator, that's my, I educate people, not just why it's important, but you can do this simply. It isn't an elitist um, lifestyle. You can do this simply and you can do this so that you're really, you'll be amazed at the energy. Um, you'll be a late if you're overweight. It is the one, not even a diet, one way of eating that takes off the weight with being full, being satiated and keeps it off the lungs. So let's talk about how this plant-based diet affected your life. Huge, huge. I mean, I look at the five-year survival rate was 39%. Um, I did not have a reoccurrence. And to this day, I have not had a recurrence. I am in my, you know, a minority. And I really consider that my way of eating was so important with keeping cancer at bay, keeping me in a sense and in remission. Um, and it has really opened up my life to a way of living, um, not by itself, but another thing, Jim, I hear you have to say what else besides the nutrients, we know, oh, the mindfulness, the yoga. Yoga was my other huge transformation to help me um, sort of a sense of what you eat and the yoga and the mindfulness with a sense of huge sense of gratitude. Well, it sounds like you disconnected from a lot of things to reconnect with yourself, Sally. You're right. But isn't that what mindfulness does instead of immediately reacting to what? Ever and makes you step back and disconnect it only for a fraction of a second and respond in a wiser way. When a wise mind choice, sure, that's what we teach. We teach pause before reaction. We teach the person to step back and look at a situation rather than from it and make wise mind choices and understand that you're important. And one of the things that Dr. Chaudhary always talked about at Seclair and I've incorporated into our practice is that we help people figure out what's important, Sally. There are so many things that are not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had, when I was diagnosed with cancer, What's going in the back of my mind is I have two teenage daughters at home. And whatever I have to do, I am going to do with dignity and grace as much as possible and keep as much of a, I guess, a positivity to it as I can. 
And and then you start to say, my older daughter was a senior in high school, and I and I said, okay, I want to see her graduate. And then you have these, you know, these. Then I my younger daughter was see her finish, let her finish up high school. So you have these points, these checkpoints. But certainly, what was important is my family. And fortunately, I have a husband who stepped up with the caregiving. Um, that was wonderful, as well as the support to this day of friends who would bring over food and come visit. And, and so you, and at work, I guess that was the other one too, because I did, I was able to take a sabbatical or medical leave. And some of the people at work, they have, they would pull in their sick days so that I didn't have to, um, I could use some extra sick days. So I did take a semester over a semester off. Well, that's wonderful. Yes. It sounds like you had a everyone who needs encouragement and support. And what we try to impress upon people, Sally, is that what's good for you is good for your daughters. And what's good for you is good for everybody. So it's it's important uh, to focus on yourself in order for you to help others. Yes, you're right. It is that self-care because I was just very aware of leading by example, you know, very aware of I am leaving a legacy for my daughters and how I deal with this crisis. And so I was wanted to deal with it the best way that I knew how from moment to moment. So you, know. you explored some uh, alternative type of medications and procedures that perhaps enhanced what the other doctors were doing. Thank you so much, Sally, for reintroducing yourself into our lives, and, and we're looking forward to continuing our conversation on our next episode. And as every podcast, we offer a pre-prescription, fruits, nuts, and vegetables, and unplug your television. And take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, Click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.